What's up? It's Chelsea Van Buskirk with the Heart AF Podcast. Hope everyone is well today. I had a rough moment earlier, but I'm feeling better. I'm, I'm up now. It's good. It's great. You know, that's why I have to get myself pumped for these podcasts so I can be like ready to go. Earlier today, I had a brief breakdown. For those that don't know, my father passed away last year. And me and my father were very, very close. We had a very special close relationship where we really helped each other in a lot of ways through our lives together. And when he passed, that was very earth shattering for me. You guys have probably already heard me talk about my mom and she passed in 2009 and my dad passed in 2021. So I am without parents now. I guess you could say I'm an orphan of sorts. Um, And I'm laughing because it's uncomfortable to talk about. It's uncomfortable to say. And It's just one of those facts when you kind of take a lens on that fact of yourself, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, that kind of stings like to know that you literally don't have any parents here anymore. That just that's a it's a weird feeling. And being only 35, like I feel like I'm on the younger side of not having both my parents living. I know it can happen to people at a much younger age. So I definitely am grateful for the length of time I did get with my dad, especially. So anyway, that was a long roundabout way to let you know that even though it's been over a year since his passing, I had a moment where the grief hit me today. I really wasn't planning on talking about this today on this episode, but here we are. Um, Just because I wanted to be open and upfront and honest with you that I'm up right now. I'm in a good mood. I am high vibe. I'm ready to give this talk I want to give today on the podcast. But earlier today, that was not me. Like I had to wash my face. I was literally sobbing and just letting out all this emotion earlier today because my dad's taxes have finally been completed and we're sending them off. Just so you know, if you ever have to do this for somebody that you might be a um, personal representative for after they pass, like you still have to file their taxes from the start of that year that they pass up until the date of death. And so I had to file taxes for the year 2021, January 1st through my dad's date of death. And it was something I had put off for a long time and then finally got, you know, the extension filed and got things sent off to my dad's CPA. And he was very lovely to work with. He really helped me immensely because it was something I really did not want to deal with. And he dealt with and did all of the sticky and hard parts of getting everything filed and put together. So literally, I just had to sign paperwork. But Today, I opened the box that had the one document I needed to have notarized, and so I'm opening it, and the CPA sweetly put all the paperwork together in a a nice, organized way for me to just be able to get the notary and sign it and send it off, but it has the affidavit that needs to be signed and notarized, and it literally says, for deceased taxpayer, and has my dad's name. I'm about to get emotional again, holy shit, and then the next page is his death certificate, and I don't know why, but it just crushed me. I just could not stop sobbing because I feel like his taxes was one of these last remaining tasks after all the things I had to do after his death, you know, doing the funeral arrangements, writing his eulogy, and buying the spot in the ground where he was going to be placed, picking out his casket, and all those things you have to do right away after someone passes. And then I had to take care of canceling all of his credit card accounts and canceling his cable and return the satellite equipment and all these things that you have to do after a person passes. It it keeps you busy. And even though you're grieving at the same time, it's like you have all this busy work to do. And so I've had moments of grief and moments of doing things. And so these taxes were like that last 
thing that I needed to finalize to do. And I don't know what it was, but seeing that paperwork just really nailed in the finality of it all. And just the reality of him actually being gone was more concrete in that moment, seeing those documents. And that was hard. I don't know. I'm getting emotional now even just repeating it, but it just was an unexpected wave of grief that came through me. And so if you're listening and you are someone who has experienced grief or are still grieving. I really don't think grief is something that just disappears. I kind of, at this point, feel like it's a lifelong journey after someone you love passes and it's just kind of coming into a new normal. And I think that you definitely are never the same person you were before the passing has happened. And anyway, it just was such an immense wave of grief that came over me and it was very unexpected. And I think that is something that's completely normal for somebody who might be grieving. It's painful. It sucks. And one thing I've learned in my healing journey is that when you have these uncomfortable, painful feelings, it's best to just let them come. And so I did. I just let the sobs come and I can only describe it as this painful like burst of water that just pushed through this dam that just came flooding out of me. I felt like it was pouring out of my chest. Like it just, that pain was right there. And I just really felt like when water pressure builds up and then it just bursts through like a dam that's kind of keeping it held in and it can't hold for much longer because that pressure and the level of water is just getting too high. And it was just like this like this release almost, but a painful one. And it was, and I just sat there. I think it was a good 30, 45 minutes where I just sobbed and it just kept coming and I just let it come and sat down on my couch and my dogs came to me, which was actually very sweet and just shows you how in tune animals can be to pick up on your energy and emotion. And I just let it out and just cried. And then I got up and got my laptop and cried some more and just started writing because writing is something that's very therapeutic for me. Also is speaking. So speaking about my feelings and speaking about my experiences and also writing about them is very therapeutic for me. And I also, like I've said before, I like to be as transparent as possible because I like to just be real and just share what's going on. So you guys know, like this is real life, right? Like nothing's all happy roses all the time, right? Like today I was really having a moment. And so I really had to take some time and I I wrote out something and there's a post on my Instagram and Facebook if you want to check it out that I shared the photo of me and my dad. So if you want to see that, it's one of my favorite photos of us. I'm going to cry again. It was shortly after he got hurt. If you guys don't know, he became a quadriplegic when I was only nine months old. So I've pretty much only known my father in a wheelchair. And there's this sweet photo that was taken. I was a little over a year old. So this is after his accident when we had moved from his hometown in New Mexico up to Colorado for him to attend this spinal cord rehabilitation hospital here in Denver called Craig Hospital, which is still open and thriving today, helping many people with spinal cord injuries or traumatic brain injuries get rehabilitation and and get services they need. And anyway, it's just a sweet, tender moment where me as baby Chelsea is sitting in my dad's lap in the wheelchair and I'm just kind of touching him and laying, you know, next to him. And that was something I did frequently. (laughs) Sorry. Wow. Did not see this coming. I didn't even, this like literally I have a whole thing of what I want to talk about today. This was not it. So I'm sorry that I'm getting so emotional, but you know, I'm keeping it real, right? Like this is just what happened today. So anyway, if you want to see that photo of me and my dad, it is on my Facebook and Instagram with a little blurb of the grief I experienced today. So after I wrote that and got that situated, I had to take a break. I did a little energy clearing to really help get myself back grounded and back on my happy self. And another thing that I did to boost my energy or boost my mood, which I have talked about on another episode, some of you may or may not have listened to that one because I do stress in that episode, I have some spoilers about Stranger Things. So in that uh, podcast where I talk about Stranger Things and Vecna, who's a character in the fourth season, 
I had given some spoilers, so maybe you don't listen to that episode, but one of the main themes of that episode was talking about music and how therapeutic music can be and how transformative it can be. And so one of the things I did this afternoon before I jumped on to record this podcast was I put my headphones on and put some music on to really pump me up. And I just got into the music and, and I tapped into those good feelings. I helped raise my vibe and my, raise my energy to be back into this positive spirit because I have a really important message I want to deliver today. So let's get to what I want to talk about on today's podcast, which is fear of making changes. So in one of the blurbs I posted last week from last week's episode about having the responsibility in your life to make changes, like if you're not happy, you have to be the one that takes that initiative to make changes in your life, to make yourself happy, to figure out solutions to the problem so that you can have a life that you want to live. And someone had responded back to me and said, yeah, but the fear of changing can be crippling. It's so scary to make changes and that fear will sometimes just prevent you from doing anything. And what I want to talk about that or how I want to answer that is you have free choice, right? So if you are unhappy and you're too scared to do anything, that's okay. You're just going to stay stuck in this unhappiness. Okay. So if you're willing to live in that unhappiness, then okay. But if you want to see a difference, you are going to have to make changes. You are going to have to face that fear. And the thing I want you to think about that is what are you afraid of, right? Like there's got to be something that we're afraid of. Like what's the outcome we're afraid of? And so to that, you're asking yourself the question, what's the worst that could happen if I decide to make this change and do this? Okay. And then if you can imagine the absolute worst outcome, then you can also do the opposite and imagine the very best outcome. So What's the best outcome possible for you making changes in your life? Are you going to be happier? What are the things that you're going to get if things go absolutely perfectly? Like what's that best outcome possible for you? That's where I want your focus to be, right? Because that focus, focusing on what's the best possible outcome has good feelings associated with it, right? But if we're sitting there festering and focused on what's the worst could happen, those are like negative feelings. That's bringing us down. And so that's one of the pieces of the law of attraction is if you're focused on what you don't have, focus on the worst possible outcomes, then you're attracting that specific thing for yourself. Like you're attracting those negative feelings, like like attracts like. So if you can reframe and refocus to those positive outcomes, then you're probably going to get a positive outcome. It may not be the exact outcome that you wish, but it's going to be the best outcome for your highest self. You always have to think of this bigger perspective on what's best for my highest good, right? For my highest self, my soul self, like what is the best outcome for my life overall? And sometimes our ego will get in the way and think it should go a certain way, but really there's a best outcome for you. Essentially, I'm just trying to get you to get over this crippling fear that's keeping you stuck and preventing you from taking action. Like you're going to have to get over that fear and take some action if you want to see positive change in your life. And I know that fear is what typically stops us. And one way of getting over that fear is write out what's the worst that could happen, okay? And then you can do the opposite and write down what's the best that can happen. And then start really thinking about, okay, what's on the worst that can happen list? Like, what are the solutions? Like, what are you going to do if the worst thing that you can imagine happens? Well, then what will that mean? What is, you know, what honestly, what's so bad that's going to happen if the worst outcome comes true? Because there's going to be solutions for that if that happens. And then also on the flip side, if everything goes right and you get what you want, 
and there's like this best outcome, how are you going to feel if that happens? Awesome. You'll have done the deed, right? Like you'll have done it and made one step forward in the direction you want to go. And I'll give you a personal example of this is my book. I've been wanting to write a book forever. And I honestly thought the first book I would write would be the one about me and my dad's relationship. I thought it would be a, a memoir about my life and it would be all about me and my dad because that was the thing that had just happened. And I had started writing and doing this stuff before he passed. And then when he passed, obviously, that took a huge chunk of my energy and ambition. But as I was coming back earlier this year and finally decided to make a move on, on writing this book, and I wasn't sure which way I needed to go, like what's the best first book? And I really needed some direction. And so I met with this book coach who's an editor, did a brain dump. Like I wrote four pages, just all the shit that was in my head, right? She comes through it and she threads the common themes. And she's like, girl, your story is about caregiving. You've been a caregiver for your whole life. You, you were a caregiver to your mom as an addict. You were a caregiver to your dad in a wheelchair. Your grandma took care of you. You did elder care. You did all these different caregiving roles throughout your short life so far. And there's a message there. All these messages that you have, like it's tied in with your roles as being a caregiver. And so out of that, I wrote an outline and she helped me edit it and get the pieces put together for my first book, which is going to be The Caregiving Trap, which is based on how... I treated myself as a victim. I felt sorry for myself. I was a people pleaser. And so it's this story of breaking free out of these like kind of codependent and people pleasing tendencies that we tend to take on when we have these deep wounds of unworthiness. And it's this how-to guide of how I got myself out of that trap when you tend to neglect yourself while you're doing things for everybody else. And this bled into being a parent and a wife. I, I spoke of the story about the meat cutting story in one of the previous episodes. I literally just recently became confident enough, secure enough, and love myself enough to set better boundaries and to be able to speak up my needs so I'm not draining myself constantly for other people and neglecting myself. And that's what this book is about that I'm writing. And I've got a couple chapters done and I had an opportunity to submit a book proposal to my ideal publisher, like my dream publisher. I had an opportunity to submit an unsolicited book proposal, which meant I was able to submit this book proposal, which is essentially a business proposal of my book to a publisher without having a literary agent. And I did that earlier this summer. It was scary as fuck. And, you know, the worst thing that could happen was I didn't get chosen. So I just worked my ass off and got that proposal in and I submitted it. I did not get chosen. So the worst thing that could happen happened, right? But I did it. I at least got the proposal together and did it. And so I came back from that and I had another opportunity that was last weekend, actually, for me to submit this proposal again. And it would be with a smaller number of other people submitting with me. So I was like, okay, that gives me better leverage there. Like I'll be up against less competition <laughs> and let me rework my proposal a little bit and let me see where I can make it better. And so over the last couple of months, I made some tweaks and all that and got it ready again, did a new video. And I just submitted that proposal again. I submitted it again. And guess what's the worst that's going to happen is I don't get picked again, right? And that's okay. That means that it's not my time for this publisher. And that's okay. Because I know for my highest good, it's not the right fit at this time. But it doesn't mean it might not be the right fit in the future. Or maybe it means that there's another publisher that's going to be a better fit for my story and my situation. But I'm not going to give up. And I can't let that fear of not getting picked 
stop me from wanting to get my book published? You know, there's a lot of different solutions. And that's the thing that you have to think about too, is what is the thing that you want? What is the thing that you want to do? I was talking about happiness in general, but if there's something that you want to accomplish in your life, or if there's something you need to change, like if you need to change something within your relationship, like I've done that too. And that's scary as fuck when you have to have these hard conversations. And I wrote down what's the worst that could happen my husband's going to leave me. That's the worst that's going to happen is I'm going to have to break up with my husband and get a divorce and be a single mom at three. That was the very worst that could happen. And I looked at that. If that was really going to happen, I was going to be okay, right? Like I had to get that in my head that if that situation was going to be what resulted from me having this tough conversation with my husband, then I had to be okay with that and know that that was going to be for my highest good. But guess what? That's not what happened. I was actually super surprised. The conversation was really hard. It did not go over very well in the beginning, but over time, it just improved me and my husband's relationship and we got better and were able to communicate more clearly with each other. And I think our love has grown even beyond where it was before. And I'm happier in the relationship and I think he's happier in the relationship. So, I mean, that, that was kind of like the best possible outcome of that too. Like me speaking up meant that maybe I could actually be happier in my relationship. Maybe I could have a better relationship that was more in line with what I wanted it in my spouse, you know? Those are the things you have to think about. Like, what is your happiness worth to you? And the other thing too is you can always go back to the way things were, right? Like if you're unhappy and you you decide to try something, you can know that you can always go back to doing things you've always done and be right back where you were. So that's something to think about too, is if you don't do anything, you're just gonna stay where you're at. So if you're okay with just being unhappy or not, achieving something you want to do, like writing a book or whatever it is, or making that call to somebody or looking for a new job when you're miserable in your current job or quitting your job to start your own business. Like you're not going to know what amazing possibilities are out there unless you take a chance and go for it and see what maybe could be the best possible outcome for you. Right. I hope that message rang clear. I know it was a little bit, you know, me and my ADD. That's another thing. If you guys want to know a little secret, I do have ADHD and I have been off my medicine for uh, three weeks now because I'm also on a binge eating recovery right now. And the ADHD medicine can sometimes affect your hunger and make you not hungry. And so I made the decision to stop taking that medicine so that I could get in touch with my body again and start to listen to my body's hunger cues and start to make that mind-body connection again with my eating habits because I'm doing a binge eating recovery program. And part of that is learning how to become an intuitive eater and listen to your body and all these things. So anyway, I'm off my ADHD medication, which I think is coming through sometimes on these episodes. So if I am going like back and forth or ping-ponging, that is why. I'm just doing my best to stay focused and do my thing. And so it is what it is. And this is me. This is Heart AF. This is what this brand is. I'm excited about it. It's me. And I kind of don't give a fuck. Like, take it or leave it. This is me. And just like baker's going to bake, haters going to hate. Either you get something from it or you don't. And that's okay. But I hope people that do listen do get something from it. So anyway... You can see that post I was talking about earlier and you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Send me a a private message. I love hearing from you guys if you've listened. You can find me there at chelsea.vanbuskirk or you can find me on my website at chelseavanbuskirk.com and I'll see you guys next week. Peace.